welcome y'all. That's right. This is the Pre-Game Engineer Togame Racing Podcast, episode number 283. Today is Tuesday, March 30th, 2021. I'm Togame Mayor Rusty Wallace in the PTM Podcast Studio in Atlanta, Georgia. This podcast is sponsored by you. That's right. You go to patreon.com forward slash PTM. Join the What You Drink Club for as little as $1 a month. Get that free koozie and some stickers. The best part is every cent this year. We're once again to donate to sponsoring drivers. So join the PTM Posse today. Be a part of the sport you love. This week's show brought to you by our official sponsors at that $5 and up per month level. They are Aaron Bearden, Robert Kepler, Coleman, Clay Mayor, Kevin Ryan, Kiefer, Patrick Lear, Jeff Brown, Brandon Crock, Kathy McDonald, Brandon Carl, Rico Porter, Julie Bowser, Eric Third Young Motorsports, David Mons, Patrick Johnson, Brett Morris, Chris Smoke, Fred Rosado, Chad Navis, Stacey Coleman, Lisa Donato, Houston, Sarah, and Barry Evan, Roland, Matthew Bishop, Harry Bozania, AJ Evangelista, Janet Scott, Les Miller, and Jumpy Bob. Woo! Try to go for the world record pace there, but, uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll have to time it. We'll have to you know we'll have to slow it down. Do the retiming. See if that worked out. From the PTM North Carolina studio, welcome onto the show, pregame engineer Andrew Sherman. What's up, dude? Hey, what's up, everybody? So, are you the guest today or me? <laughs> yeah, who's the guest? It's it's just <laughs> us, y'all. It's one of those things, you know. Uh, we uh, we just decided to run solo. We got so much to talk about after Bristol Dirt Weekend and into the week itself. So I'm uh, I'm excited to get talking about that. Before we do, Sherwin, you know what the deal is. What you drinking? Well, it is Taco Tuesday, and I did have <laughs> a Southwestern bowl for dinner. My man, well done, so Dos, Equis, Dos Equis It is Dos Equis Amber. I don't know the last time I've had a Dos Equis Lager. Like uh, every time that they say we got Lager, we got Amber. Oh, the Amber, of course, duh. I don't even remember what the Lager tastes like. Um. It's delicious, but it's not as good as the amber. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah, interesting. I've got the classics. There's the old Beeman Coke and Mr. Miller Lite on deck. Um, oh, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's in that little glass? Uh, you know what it is. <laughs> it rhymes with Irefall. <laughs> it looks so sophisticated in that glass. It looks almost a different well, color. Well, it's a Telemore Dew glass. There you go. <laughs> a little residual hangover from St. Patty's Day. Right. right. Well, let's uh, let's get right into the show as we're sitting here drinking. You know, we've got a funny story. I'll call it funny or whatever. We're going to spend a few minutes on this just because we're old <laughs> and we don't give a crap. And uh, we don't have a guest tonight, so we might as well. But... Um, the other day, uh, so uh, let me back this up. Two things, uh, or two people have been bothering me about my phone. Y'all, I have a, a, an old-ass phone. I'll tell you in a minute. But um, I, uh, my wife keeps bothering me because she'll be like, let me, let me see your phone right quick. We'll be downstairs. Let me see your phone right quick. And she'll open it up. She'll be like, this stupid phone, why don't you get a new phone? I'm like, it works fine. What are you talking about? Like, it runs internet. It checks email. It makes and receives cellular calls, and it texts with Sherwin. That's about all I do. <laughs> in a phone you know and so fine whatever whatever well i'm at work right and i work in the high-tech industry and i work in healthcare, so we've got all this hipaa stuff and blah 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 well it turns out when i uh because i have multi-factor authentication on the phone and everything well it alerts our head of security uh i'll call him head of security but he actually reports to me so it's kind of funny because uh every time i not every time but uh every few weeks he kind of goes hey man I got that uh, alert from our security system that somebody's logging in with an old-ass phone. <laughs> like, shut up. I'll fire your ass. <laughs> so, That's funny. So finally, finally, Saturday, uh, it was a crummy day outside. I was like, all right, I'm going to go. 
Uh, I, all I did was I told the wife, I'm like, I'm going to go out running errands. I'll be back in a bit. And I ran down to the store. There's an Apple store in the, uh, in the mall nearby, which the mall is, I don't know what those people are thinking. There's way too many people at the mall right now and they're not all getting iPhones. So I don't know what they're doing, but, um, anyway, walked in the Apple store, got me a phone and I told her, I said, what's the oldest phone that you've seen recently come in here? Uh, and she goes, uh, you know, in order to, to upgrade, she goes, I think I saw a seven a couple months ago. And I went, all right, so what's a discount for the world record oldest phone that you've ever seen? And I look at her and I'm like, all right, she's probably 25, which means my phone came out when she was like 17. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I had an iPhone 5S is what has been my daily driver for the past eight years. And so upgraded myself to the iPhone 12 mini. Now, this is where I'm going to I'm gonna go on a rant here. Uh Back in it, you remember back in the college days, Sherwin, I had that big old phone with the with the chirp, the and uh, oh yeah, distorted everybody's speakers and (laughs) yeah, did did all that mess. I mean, I think we all are going to get brain cancer from that (laughs) phone. (laughs) And this thing, y'all, it was like if you stacked five iPhones on top of each other. Um, That maybe maybe eight. (laughs) It was five iPhones made out of tungsten. Right, right. This thing. Hey, I'll tell you this much: it was indestructible. But, um, and it had the little pull up antenna because why not? <laughs> but, uh, uh, and, and Sherwin would be sitting there trying to sleep. And my dad would be chirp, chirping me with a, Hey Rick, you around? <laughs> it was good. Anyway. Um, so I had that phone forever and then everybody got smaller phones, right? Tiny, 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 little bitty phones, whatever. And so by the time I graduated college, I went and got me a little bitty phone. It was this white phone. It was about this big. And, and it flipped up and it like, I think it had the snake game on it or something. That was it. Like it, it, uh, it, I didn't even text on it cause texting was stupid when you don't have a keyboard. So, uh, so I just made calls and whatnot. And then everybody started getting bigger and bigger phones. Sure. When I walked in that store, there was a phone the size of a damn iPad. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. We call those phablets. Phablets. I, I don't <laughs> even know I, how you put that thing in your pocket, man. I don't, I don't know what these people are doing. There was a Samsung that came out about what in ten years ago. That would be me over exaggerating. Let's <laughs> call it seven years ago. Mm-hmm. It was like the Note Four, and like my hand wasn't big enough to hold it. It was you know that mini iPad they had. Yeah, yeah. It was it was that big. Yeah. And like, yeah. what are you like? What are you doing with this phone? What are you doing? Like, imagine <laughs> somebody trying to trying to like have an actual phone call. They got to use two hands to hold the thing up to their face. Well, it's like that Windows, you know, that thing they were hawking on the NFL that like it comes with a, key, a separate keyboard that you like clip in and like Bluetooth to it. Like it was big <laughs> enough for one of those. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I go in there and I pick up each of the iPhones and I'm like, no, I want the mini. Thank you very much. I'll take the the small thing, small form factor. It looks like my 5S. It feels like it, but it's got a way bigger screen because the screen, you know, wraps all the way around everywhere because they ain't got the button and whatnot. So I got me my, my iPhone 12 mini, uh, and I'm, you know, excited to use it. It's got, like, the face thing. The face thing's weird, y'all, where, like, uh, by the time that I can pull the thing up to my face, it's already unlocked. And I'm like, well, that's that, that could be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we were talking about it before like we go to a racetrack and, uh, you know somebody passes out and i just hold their phone up in front of their face and start texting their mom pictures of things 
<laughs> that could be a problem. So uh, uh, anyway, we'll we'll figure all that out. But um, but yeah, so I'm you know getting used to it and all that. I'm enjoying the phone and whatnot. Uh, you know what? It it is way faster. I'll I'll admit that. My security guy, he he, I I texted him before I he knew before my wife knew that I got a new phone. Because I uh, walking out of the Apple store, I texted him. I said, "Hey man, got a new phone. You can stop bugging me." He's like, "I'll take you off the list." So that was good. And then I got home and told my wife because I got chicken on the way home. I was like, "She goes, okay, where you been for the last hour and a half?" I'm like, "I got chicken and an iPhone." She's like, "All right, I like the chicken. Good job on the phone, finally." So. <laughs> Got got all that. That was my story. And then I texted over to Sherwin. I got me a new phone. Sherwin, where'd you pick up the story? <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, I guess you probably told me right up front what you had gotten. Mm-hmm. And and I was kind of like, I guess asking if you liked it and how big it was. And he goes, well, it's about the same size as my, you know, my 5S, but the screen's bigger and it's lighter. And, you know, it doesn't have the home button anymore, but I like it. And I'm like, man, I've been due. So Sunday, I went to the store. <laughs> I had a mildly different experience. Uh, the salesperson got to see the same me that the Charlotte airport got to see, uh, <laughs> which is the highly inquisitive, uh, you're lying to me. Uh, you know, <laughs> like he was trying to tell me stuff that was just blatant lies. I'm like, last time I was in one of these stores, it was the exact opposite thing. So you guys obviously just tell lies however you do it. <laughs> And uh, so we finally said it on the fact that I was going to get the phone. And then he goes, well, um, what color do you want? And I said, well, what do you have? And he's like, well, why don't you let me go check my inventory so I don't disappoint you? Oh, dude, I got to pause you right quick because I did drop the Henry Ford line on the girl, but she was too young or whatever. I shouldn't say too young. I hate making fun of people for the age, but uh, maybe she just not heard this before. But she said, what color do you want? And I said, oh, any old color. It don't matter. As long as it's black. And she was like, wait, what? So you want, <laughs> do you want the black phone? I'm like, I'm just, I'm, I'm joshing with you. Uh, anyway, sorry. Well, she needs, she needs to go watch Seabiscuit and then there she'll you know. Go. Um, so he came back and he goes, I've got black and pink <laughs> and mint green. And I was like. Give me the mint green one. <laughs> and he comes back and we go over to the place where they got it. Cause I wanted this same, that snug fit case that I have, I've had on my six S forever. And I looked at the cases and I'm like, okay, that's the same one I've had basically. Now what's this one over here? And it's clear sparkle. <laughs> He's got the clear sparkle glitter. So, mint and green. <laughs> there's, there's two strategies to this, right? Everybody knows is that. I, I I tend to share a little bit of personality uh, in weird places, like my toenails and now my phone. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I was like, yeah, but you know, there's a there's a secondary strategy to this because people in public tend not to mess with girls' phones. <laughs> I'm like, well, if I leave my phone on the counter at the bar, nobody's probably gonna mess with it because they're gonna think it's a girl's phone, and that's kind of like taboo. Right, yeah. <laughs> but no, I think it's cool. People are going to give me weird looks, but I don't give a damn. I like it. It's a good <laughs> phone. It, it took me a while to get hooked back up into my stuff for work, but uh, I got that all sorted out too. So there you go, there you go. Love it. 
So here we are. We're iPhone brothers now. <laughs> we'll we get both the had the same phone for the first time in what I guess what seven years. Yeah. Well, now it's a race to see who upgrades, right? I'm gonna get like the iPhone 18 or something. Whenever that comes out, I, it's like who can hold out till 2025, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, what are they the- gonna do between now and then that is gonna force our hand? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, there's the phone story, y'all. Hope you enjoy it. Sherwin, you got the shirt on. There's one more piece of the Oh, please. Sorry. Keep it. (laughs) So this morning, I've had this phone for not even three days. (laughs) Two and a half days. And this morning, I threw it right in the sink. Landed in a bowl of water. And I I snatched it out, dried it off, and I go, tell me I'm not going back to the store (laughs) to replace this phone. So I Google, is the 12... Uh, i12 mini waterproof and it's like <laughs> yes as a matter of fact it is up to 19.6 feet deep for 30 minutes and i'm like i think i'm in the good <laughs> think i'm covered that's why i freak out when i've got it out in the rain and it's <laughs> i can just throw it in the pool for half an hour and go retrieve it later that's yeah funny. it'll be fine that's funny well sherwin you've got the shirt on braves starting thursday so we got uh we're at philly so see how it goes, but yeah, good times. Yeah, three oh five. Unfortunately, for those of us who have to work a, a regular shift, uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah, we got some. Catch the end of it. Baseball, awesome. Um, that all said, let's go ahead and do it. Let's uh, tear it down. Let me see if I can find the thing. I you know I got to go here. I got to click that, and then sometime later, <laughs> whoa, okay. found it. <laughs> um. Let's talk about the weekend. First period. What do you think we're talking about? I mean, come on. Bristle Dirt. Joey Logano. Congrats on him. Sherwin, let's start with you. Just just like the the soapbox one-minute speech, what do you think? So Friday, um, we got the all clear for my boss for everybody to jettison the facility at 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, sweet. I'm going to make it home before the practice even starts much less finishes and i get here and i'm like you know i want to start removing some of the skepticism because i want to be optimistic and just take it in and see what i see and i watch practice and i go huh this is probably going to be pretty interesting (laughs) interesting good Mm. and uh, then of course we you know the weather yeah yeah what'd you think of the race uh i thought both races were extremely interesting and didn't shock me one bit the announcement that was made yep um that this is not going to be the last time we do this yeah yeah i you know i i struggle with this i enjoyed the racing here's the crazy part i enjoyed the racing and i did not enjoy the cautions i did not enjoy the wreck and all that i at one point i said out loud i just said well this is just unnecessary not the caution itself like throwing the yellow flag that was necessary but the amount of just total chaos i was like ah you know i like a little bit of chaos i'm, I'm all right with a little bit of chaos a little bit of you know these cars are hard to handle and and you know there's, uh, you run out of talent but this is like you ran out of talent track car uh everything you know Vis- visibility was visibility. the main thing we ran out of yeah yeah so i would I, really applaud uh, nascar for going ahead and just saying all right we're going to single file restarts mm-hmm. that's just it it's happening it's happening right now yeah yeah I wrote it in the show sheet here that they had a uh, a lot of trouble keeping that surface wet enough as the race went on, which is, 
you know, we're we're sounding like dirt track people now. <laughs> like you get an ounce of rain on a on a uh, concrete track, and it's you know throw the red flag. But now it's like yeah, I had I had trouble keeping the surface wet. <laughs> well, you know, Clint said something very interesting during the broadcast. Being you know he he everything he did until he got to NASCAR was dirt. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, people are saying it's dusty and maybe we should have put a little bit more water down. He said, you got to be real careful with that. He said, cause just a little bit too much water creates even more problems. Mm-hmm. I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. Cause we saw what happened when they tried to fire up the trucks for the heat races. <laughs> Everybody was covered with mud. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Maybe we weren't ready to, go, to do <laughs> yeah. this yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was, uh, that, that was I I guess there's to your point there's this like small window this small band of this is the right amount of water uh, versus too dry and too wet and all that I mean that's something they got to figure out and and you know on the positive side you know Steve O'Donnell came out and he said we learned a lot from this race which to me really felt mature in terms of what NASCAR is saying about it he didn't come out and say like this is the best race in the history of NASCAR. I can't believe it. You know, cross-eyed, just, oh, my God, woo! Like, he's like, we learned a lot. We um, we think we put on a pretty entertaining show. And, um, and yeah, we'll, uh, we'll figure out some more for next year. So, you know, it was like, okay, well, that's a good response to it in my book. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, they had to, there's only one way to learn to do this. You have to have all 40 trucks or cars, whatever, out there at the same time. And see what happens. Mm-hmm. Unless they were unless they were willing to do figure out how to pay for all the teams to show up at the same time for a practice. The only way to do I mean that's what the heat races were supposed to be. That's why we had practice. You want all of them out there at the same time and go, I wonder what happens when we do this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think the end result uh probably probably way more positive than negative. Certainly indicated in Jeff Gluck's poll. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly, um, uh, or I shouldn't say interestingly, I will say I'm, I'm a little bit bummed that it got rained out, uh, or whatever weathered out on, uh, Sunday. Cause I mean the the hype that went around that and everything, y'all, I worked from home yesterday. Now I did take the truck in for an oil change. It needed it, but you know, that was kind of <laughs> secondary to, Hey, the, uh, the race starts at four. Maybe I can just kind of have that on in the background or whatever. But, um, I was, uh, you know, starting to watch that. And that's when I, I think it was I was done with work probably around lap 50, but, uh, and I think that's when one of the big cautions happened. And I, that's when I was like, uh, this is just unnecessary. What are we, what are we doing guys? But, um, that all said, um, excuse me, what was I going to say? Um, I said, bummer on it being postponed. How about the cars being so tore up at the end? It, it felt like old Bristol, you know what I mean? Like pre 2007 Bristol where the, uh, the top five, looks like they've they've you know been through a tornado yeah they were trashed i mean <laughs> even blaney well uh, what did he he ended up getting a, a top six or seven or something and half his car was missing mm-hmm. like the whole i mean from the number all the way to the tail on the left side it was like somebody took a you know a, a sawzall to it just cut it off <laughs> yeah yeah so I got to like that. I got to like the fact bumping and banging it and, and you've got to be aggressive to win this race uh, or to, you know, or to place or whatever. And, um, and so I, I like that aspect of it. There's, there's a lot to like here and I hope they, they figure it out for next year. I'll, I'll say this. Um, I, I was watching on Fox and they, they gave some like stats and one of them was like, there was 
uh, uh, dirt source from 20 different sites, and then it was some other stat. And then the last stat said um, there's the, the bulldozers had GPS in them, and the dirt was laid within an accuracy of five one-hundredths of an inch. And I was like, well, they just, like, tore up a piece that was two inches long. I don't know how you can get within five hundredths of an inch on the track. You know what I mean? Well, I think that's when they originally put it down. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, grading equipment has come a, a tremendously long ways thanks to some really creative civil engineers over the year. But the thing that was the most interesting to me is one of the real thick layers uh, of, like, the six or seven layers that they had was all the dirt that they put down in 2001. They just put it in a shed somewhere yeah, <laughs> and dug it back out. Right, right. Yeah, that, that was uh, – I, I heard that too, and I was like, huh, how about that? That's uh, different. Good for you. Um, uh, this one was divisive. I, I saw uh, Kelly Crandall said this is a winner with a few caveats. Uh, Road and Track Magazine said an absolute mess. And then Charlotte Observer kind of took the middle road and said, absurd but ingenious. So I liked uh, uh, I liked seeing kind of those headline type of things. And that's where that's where I kind of came up with like the unnecessary but entertaining. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, I think th- that's probably a fairly common. I guess that's probably where I was at before we saw it was I'm like, uh, Bristol, but, but Bristol's such a cool place anyway. <laughs> like, uh, but I mean, I don't know. I listened to a little bit of Dale Jr.'s podcast with Marcus Smith before this started. And he was like, I guarantee you, he said, before you know it, you're going to stop wanting to put all that dirt back down in the spring. You're going to tear that damn concrete out of here. And that's going to be two <laughs> dirt races a year. <laughs> <laughs> I, you so. know, I, I feel like I can get more on board with it. Um, I want to talk about this before we do talk about that. How about the John Hunter Nemechek thing? That was that was one of the like that that was the part where I just you know exactly what you're doing like just sort of put my hand on my forehead and, and shook my head and was like, all right, this does not bode well for the rest of the weekend. If y'all didn't hear, so he he was involved in a wreck and then he sat there for the next lap and because of the dust and visibility and all that, somebody just rammed right into him. And then he got out of the car, and the the truck that came to rescue him, it got loose. Uh, you know, a la Juan Pablo Montoya Daytona, <laughs> it got loose, and it crammed right into his car. <laughs> like, he was involved in three wrecks within five minutes. <laughs> yeah, that was, not, that was not John Hunter's day, for sure. <laughs> it, it was very Mario Kart-esque. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyway, Sherwin... You already said it. They confirmed it for next year. Um, And Steve O'Donnell said, we've learned a lot. So what did we learn? What should we change? Um, Obviously, the car is a big issue. Folks are talking about now, you know, I hadn't been following dirt track racing long enough to uh, maybe if I think about it, I would I would have come up with it individually uh, or independently. But uh, it has independent rear suspension on the next gen car, which is apparently a total no, no in the dirt world. And that makes sense. We've got the tire issue. We've got the visibility issue. We've got the air issue where they're like peeling off things off the front of the grill. We've got the windshield issue where I can't see crap. <laughs> like, what do we what do we got to change, and how much of it do we need to change for next year? I think the two main things that need to change, uh, at least from my perspective, and that, this is not necessarily an original thought. 
it's gathering from other perspectives and then offering my perspective in there with it just kind of piling in is this needs to be a night race uh so you don't have to deal with the sun even if you do create all that dust and um they probably need to use this year's car so that if they tear them up as much as they do, it doesn't set them behind for the other car. Mm-hmm. To your point, you got independent rears. And I don't, you know, nobody wants to rebuild sheet metal, and typically they don't when they tear them up the way they tore them up at Bristle. Uh, they kind of just throw that stuff away or try to sell it for some nominal value to a, a, as a souvenir. But I don't know what those panels are going to do when those guys crash that way. Are they going to just pop off? Mm. And then that's that, or like, I don't know how secure they're going to be. You know, maybe it's even better. They just kind of bump into each other and they flex in and flex back out. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think we're going to see it be a night race. I think the other thing piece to the puzzle is they're probably going to do their absolute level best to get away from the rain, which means this needs probably be the first weekend in May. Mm. So maybe a schedule change to go along with it. Yep. How about uh, you know I've heard I've heard some folks talk about it being like the All Star Race. What do you think about that? Uh that wouldn't be a bad way to do it. Um, I, it sounded to me like Marcus is fairly committed to spreading the love on the All Star Race. After this year, we'll have been gone for Charlotte twice, so I would expect expect twenty twenty two to be back at Charlotte just to sort of renew that culture of the all-star weekend being in Charlotte where everybody's close and teams don't have to go very far, but then I don't know what you would do with it next. Maybe dirt at Bristol is it. Um, one of the things that he has done, Marcus, that is, is done to to make it more valuable to spend the millions of dollars it took to put the dirt down is this incredible six week card of dirt races mm-hmm. with three different late model series and then wait a couple of weeks and then run you know, NASCAR touring series and then wait two more weeks and the world of outlaws are going to be there. Like he's created value to sort of cover the cost of doing it. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know what you do with the all-star race. They'll have all the way till September to get the dirt back off the track. He said it takes about six weeks to clean it up. I, I applaud them on even thinking about doing it. I, <laughs> that's one of them things like imagine Redoing your yard and then being like, all right, I'm going to redo it again every six months now, essentially. And um, and it can't be easy, especially around this time of year when, you know, any time in March in, you know, Bristol, Tennessee slash Virginia, you might get a snow. And they did when they were uh, when they were doing all this stuff like you're under you're under a lot of weather pressure at this time of year. So sure, when you're your point to, you know, move it to something like May might be a lot more helpful for him. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see something along those lines. Now, the thing that concerns me and is that, so that means somebody has to move up. And who, where is the weather good to do that mm. this time of year? And it's like, well, you know, I heard Sonoma get brought up. I'm like, well, guess what? This is actually the only part of the year it does rain in Sonoma. <laughs> That's why the grass is green right now. Mm-hmm. So the only the only caveat to that would be, or the positive caveat would be, Sonoma, as long as it's not pouring ass rain, you can run on a wet surface with rain tires. Well, can so, you run it? Can you run bristle dirt on rain tire? Well, not rain tires, but in the rain, if it ain't you know thunderstorming <laughs> and windy and all that. 
No, because of how much mud would go everywhere. Yeah. I mean, even when it was mostly dry by, you know, dirt track standards, they just, I mean, they ran three laps or whatever and said, nope, can't do it. (laughs) I imagine fan safety has to come into that play too, because like, if you kick up a big old sheet of mud and it's going 70 mile an hour into the stand, somebody's going to get slapped. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, how many times have you had a big old claw to dirt at the dirt track just hits you right in the chest and go well, damn <laughs> yeah, yeah. i didn't sign up for this who can i sue <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i guess <laughs> you know it's funny you mentioned that that was one of the things that not to just totally regurgitate the dale jr download but marcus said the first time they ran dirt at bristol they had a they had to clean out a lot of swimming pools because of how much dust <laughs> and dirt ended up all over the place outside of bristol and there were so that's why it took them 20 years to try to give it another go. I wonder if you attend the fall race at Bristol, if uh, if you're going to keep finding dirt in places. Because, like, I mean, I can't imagine how much – yeah, you're <laughs> nodding your head. Uh, I can't imagine how, how you can – you know, it must take years for that to happen. Uh, and, and the fact that they're just going to fill it up again, it's just kind of like, hey, there's some dirt still over there in the stands, whatever. It's, you know – Give me six months, we're, we're bringing, you know, 10,000 tons of dirt back in here. Well, you hope it rains a lot over the summer, <laughs> and that helps you out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, there's Bristol Dirt. And how about, uh, you know, we didn't really talk about the finishers. Logano up in first place. Not really expected as, like, a, you know, we, we used to have our road course ringers. Now we have, the, like, our dirt course ringers. And, uh, and I wouldn't have put Logano up there. Well, no, you wouldn't have put Joey up there because he basically grew up on carts and then on pavement late models and then, of course, NASCAR. Um, But Truex is basically the same. He grew up late model racing on asphalt, Mm -hmm. and he ran off with that truck's race. So kudos to Freddy's uh, Pizza and his autism awareness campaign. Uh, He got a nice little donation from... Us and lap traffic and uh, Brent Dewar and uh, Yunkers Motorsports. So oh, between nice. the, the five of us, that's five hundred twenty-five dollars that that we're oh, contributing cool. to that fund. So I owe one hundred twenty-five bucks, or no, a hundred bucks. Uh, one hundred five. One hundred five bucks. All right, I can't do math tonight. Um, somebody, uh, uh, I think uh, uh, Brandon is on uh, the the chat wall there. So send me a uh, Venmo. One hundred five bucks coming your way for the uh for that deal there's a link if you'd rather do it that way so you can put it on your sky miles oh hell yes <laughs> yeah it, it's freddie's got a website uh with a pay link in in his fundraiser send me that um brandon i know you're listening send me that uh keep me honest i said i would and and i know brent doer will do it so <laughs> oh he's already replied to the to the uh twitter stuffs oh that's awesome I need yeah. to go uh, check my own Twitter because I usually pull up Twitter with uh, with the PTM. So uh, I tagged you in it, so you'll see it, and that gets lost in all kinds of mess. So I'm in. Um, let me. Uh, what do I, yeah, what, here, yeah. I'm Brandon's gonna... on here. Hey, fire the link up here in the uh, in the YouTube too, Brandon. Yeah, yeah. And I'm uh, I'm bringing up what in the world? Device restored. <laughs> okay, whatever. Got that a couple times when I'm trying to set up my freaking. <laughs> teams on my personal phone <laughs> there we go technology y'all that it, it's uh, get, it gets weirder every day <laughs> it's useful but it gets weird 
Yeah. Well, all right. I'll figure this thing out. Uh, I'll leave it up. On we'll do it in the after dark. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a good time. Um, well, let's see. Logano, Stenhouse, Hamlin, Suarez. Um, I'm kind of bleeding into second period here, but uh, Hamlin is now the only driver this year to have completed all laps. That only took seven races. Kind of wild, huh? Not only that, but uh, he has uh, six top fives in seven races. <laughs> That's ridiculous. He's had, a, he's had a pretty good go of it so far. That's why when you go to the standings, he's on top of the board there. Yep. So, um, I mean, you know, with all the wins and stuff uh, uh, below that, but, you know, that, uh, however it all shakes out. Um, but, uh, I mean... This is going into a further, <laughs> going even deeper. We got a new, uh, we got another winner, you know, seven, uh, seven tracks, seven winners. So, uh, you know, Hamlin could finish first in points and, and 17th in, uh, in, you know, st- playoff standings. Well, I, somebody would still have to beat him in points for him not, because the, the points winner after 26 races gets an auto bid. Hmm. <laughs> There's a clause that we have not had to execute on that I had forgotten about. <laughs> yeah, but it's still cool. Imagine if you were playing a 12-ring 12, 12 slot at at a gaming room, and you hit 7-7-7-7-7-7. Seven, 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 seven. You'd probably never gamble again, <laughs> even if you played a quarter. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you, if you parlayed that, you just raked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's surprising to me. And I mean, I guess it goes to show the disparity uh, so far that we've seen this year that there's only been one driver to complete all the laps and he doesn't have a win. Like, <laughs> geez. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of, um, how about uh, SHR still kind of struggling? I, I think after seven races, they have six top fives is what I read. Uh, and like, Five of those are Kevin Harvick <laughs> or, or something, some weird, uh, you know, don't quote me on that one, but it's, it's really close to the truth. Yeah, it's, they are absolutely out to lunch. Um, Harvick is the only one that's really on the map, mm-hmm. uh, in eighth place with two top fives. Oh, two. And then, Maybe it was top tens. You, yeah. Then you just got to scroll and scroll <laughs> And scroll, Cole Custer's in 23rd. He doesn't have a top 10. You know, it's just, they are definitely, they they miss something that everybody else got. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you think about it, those other guys really weren't around much last year. I mean, we see, we think SHR and Kevin Harvick because he won 10 times. But those other guys went, I mean, Cole Custer gets that weird restart at, what was that, uh, Kentucky. And that's really was about it for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Who? Uh, what do they got to do? Or, or uh, what do you think they're – is this a, a matter of like Gibbs a couple years ago or last year, whenever it was that Gibbs was just, you know, laying a brick? and uh, or, or is there something fundamentally, you know, going on here? I don't know because I certainly wouldn't accuse any of these big teams of just saying, well, we're going to run the same car we ran last year, so we'll just show up with the same stuff. They don't – that's not how it works. They just, they didn't find whatever else, you know, Penske, JGR, and Hendrick have found. Yeah. Yeah. What did that, what have they found, do you think? I don't know, but if you look at, 
if you look at where the Hendrick cars are, they're fourth, sixth, ninth, and uh, whatever they are. <laughs> uh, where's Bowen? 16th. So they have all four cars in the top 16, which means when we stop today, they're all in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, interesting. Um, we'll see where they go. Uh, how about this one? I did uh, put in the notes. Red Farmer, uh, 88 years old. He's Hall of Fame inductee this year. He he was one of the people, if not the only, I can't remember, but he survived the Davy Allison helicopter crash. He got COVID uh, earlier this uh, year, last year, whatever it was, and was in the hospital for like five days. And now a tornado went through his house. Is this dude invincible or what? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I, be, I believe he has given Keith Richards a run for his money. <laughs> Without the drugs. <laughs> Without the heroin. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, kudos to Red Farmer for, uh, for hanging on through all that stuff. Uh, I saw the pictures and everything. I mean, he's still racing. He's got a car uh, and he's got a trailer. The trailer got hit by a tree. And then the car got got all smashed in from that. I mean, he's got uh, he's got a lot of work to do to figure it out. But you know, it's it's Red Farmer. I I I'll be honest, and and no uh, no offense to Red, I thought he was long gone by now. So awesome, right? <laughs> so yeah, that's good. Well, that's like Rex White, who lives in my, you know my hometown, gets his haircut when my dad gets his haircut. He's like ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Won like the '66 Cup Championship and hung it up like a year later because he was already like in his fifties. <laughs> <laughs> was it me, you, and and our buddy Clark who was playing golf with that old man? Uh, what was his name? Oh, Les. Les. Oh, Les. <laughs> he was. Les 90, was a thousand years old. He <laughs> was ninety-one years old, smoking on a big old cigar, and it's the three of us. And usually, when you go play golf with three guys, right? You're you're pretty assured that it's just going to be all three, and uh, this time they said, "Hey, we got a we got a single hooking up with you." And we're like, "All right, whatever." And this old man, <laughs> this guy was ancient, and he rolls up. We're like, "This is going to be fun. We're going to haze the f out of this guy." And our whole goal for eighteen holes was do not kill less, and he made that very difficult on us because <laughs> he he was hitting from the red tees, from the upper tees, I'll call them. Uh, and, and he didn't care. You know, he's like, I'm old. I, I'll, I'll hit from these tees or whatever. So, uh, he was in a separate cart. So we all drove up to whatever tees we were hitting from whites, blues, greens, whatever it was. And, and he would drive up to the next, uh, to his tee box, get out and, and be waiting on us. And, and he turned around and look, we're like, dude, you don't know what kind of golfers we are. <laughs> You're liable to die tonight. Like, this ain't, uh, you, you need to go ahead and move around a little bit. <laughs> Well, one that the time most specifically that I remember was he's been there in the middle of the fairway <laughs> while we're teeing off. Got that big old stogie, mm-hmm. little hunched over. I mean, 91 years old, y'all. Small frame guy. And somebody hits one about six feet off the ground, just a lightning <laughs> shot. And we're like, damn, that's going right at him. <laughs> oh, man. We might have broke our only rule today. <laughs> I believe that was probably 10 years ago, and I and I believe as well that Les is still alive, running around, hitting a golf ball, and cussing out his wife or whatever he was doing. 
Well, you know what? There's a great anecdote here. That was at Bobby Jones Golf Course, and the Masters is next weekend. Mm. There you go. Um, playing the Masters on the regular schedule. So that'll be uh, that'll be fun to watch. Um, Sherwin, I think we kind of half mentioned it last week, but NASCAR and 12 other sports leagues are teaming up with the White House, <laughs> like the White House, to promote uh, COVID vaccines. And um, I think we both got our first poke. And uh, we were talking in the pre-show that, like, all right, well, you get your first poke, and then you got to wait three or four weeks, and then you get your second poke, and then you got to wait a couple weeks. And then, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, I I, I understand all the everything, blah, 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 but I'm going to go uh, – uh, I'm, I'm ready to go racing after that. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. Well, look at that. We have a special – unannounced surprise guest with us what's up brandon crowd from lap traffic podcast what's up man good to see you how you doing (laughs) oh guys i'm great i am uh uh, i'm extending the uh the the curfew tonight get ready for michigan (laughs) basketball to tip off here in about five minutes oh my goodness so what do you think the chances are i mean so here's my thing is that michigan's playing an 11 seed UCLA. Last time Michigan played an 11 seed, it was Lola Chicago, and they won and went to the Final Four. So, put us in the Final Four. <laughs> Confidence. Stamp the ticket, right? Well, I'm we we also made a very bold uh, uh, prediction when it came to Loyola Chicago, and uh, and totally, you know, uh, laid an egg. So, <laughs> I, well, I that's because the news didn't come out till that Wednesday. Uh, well, I mean, uh, that's all good, uh, well and good. Uh, again, they went uh, they went ahead and beat Illinois, so I, I can't like I can't be too PO'd. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Well, the the PO'd part comes in where you're like, well, if they could have beat them, we could have beat them. <laughs> There's that. There's that. <laughs> I got the I got the hat, the hoodie, the same shorts from Sunday last Tuesday. Like, I mean, I have got racer level superstition going on right now. There you go. <laughs> Brandon, let's rewind for a second. Tell us your perspective on that Bristol dirt race. Oh, my God, boys. I loved every single second of what we got on Monday. I, you know, uh, um, Sherwin was on the show last week, which was awesome. And and we talked about how great we expected the truck race to be because we kind of knew a little bit of what we could maybe expect from CN Eldora. And it was the cup race that was, you know, what was up in the air for everybody. And it delivered. I was excited. Like, we had actual racing. I mean, Daniel Suarez isn't running where Daniel Suarez runs on concrete. Ricky Stenhouse probably isn't up there. You know, it it leveled the playing field to a Daytona and Talladega aspect without having the big one in it. So, I loved it. I, I was so happy and thrilled with it. So it's interesting that you brought up Eldora. Um, and what parallels can we draw and what can't we draw from, you know, any lessons learned from, uh, you know, what we've been doing at Eldora for the past, I don't know, five, six years, whatever it is. So it, it's funny you say that and shameless show plug because I asked Grant Enfinger that same question <laughs> on the show tonight because he ran Bristol Dirt and he's ran Eldora and he had a great finish this past Monday and he's run really well at Eldora. And, 
his thing was was that at Eldora, you are flat out running pedal to the floor the entire time. And at Bristol, that was not the case. They were not able to run full throttle. Um, so I he to him that was the biggest difference was not being able to run it wide open. And part of that had to do with that single lane groove, the banking, the fact that it was dirt on top of concrete. Um, you know, but he, he freaking loved it. He said from a racer's perspective, what more could you want? We had such a good time out there on the track. I think that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Kevin Harvick, I think it was Harvick, uh, and, uh, Brandon, you would know, cause you, you know, follow Har- <laughs> Harvick a little bit, uh, was the one who said like, this is going to be the longest race in the history of dirt tracks. And, uh, I think that that also plays a role in how the track matured or denatured or whatever you want to call it over the course of the race. And that's something, you know, when we're thinking about next year and everything and, and how we move forward with this stuff. If you go run whatever it is, 250 laps around this thing, that thing, uh, that that course is going to change so much uh, over the, the course of that race. And uh I don't feel like that was necessarily the case at Eldora too. So that's something that's like a new data point. It feels like, well, so here's what I would, I would throw to that. And the, the thing that I would say is, is, you know, if NASCAR had been able to run Saturday and Sunday, I think they would have manicured that track a lot more from Saturday night to Sunday afternoon than what they were able to from a two hour time difference from truck race ending to cup race starting. And I think that would have played a much more significant role if they would have been able to tailor that track uh, a little bit. And we saw that, at least I saw that, you know, my very first time at Eldora after they ran big block modified heat races and a big block modified race, you know, that the truck race was delayed almost an hour and a half because Stewart wasn't happy with the condition of that track. And he was out there rototilling and, and watering it. You know, they wanted to make sure it was conducive for the best racing product possible. So I, I really think if NASCAR had had the opportunity to finesse that track a little bit better in between the two races, it could have been even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that checks out. Sherwin? What's next? Oh, (laughs) I thought you were going to say something about it. What's next? Let's talk about Penske. Uh, Last week, Penske called uh, the Indy NASCAR Street Doubleheader interesting. Uh, And and let's let's say that again. IndyCar NASCAR Street Doubleheader. Like, uh, keep talking dirty to me, Roger. (laughs) I mean, come on. Uh, I was... Uh, uh, reading that, and he said, interesting. How do we go from interesting to do it? Sherwin, what do you think? So I think I'm starting to step into the world of don't anticipate, just participate, so that I don't just show up with skepticism. I'm, I still wonder how you're going to make, how you're going to set barriers up and how you're going to set the course up so that if a 3,400-pound stock car hits one of those you know, portable barriers <laughs> that something really weird doesn't happen. Um, and then how you're going to run Indy on the same course that you run NASCAR because they have, you know, obviously 
there's wildly different ways that those cars are going to run a street course. Um, I don't think it's impossible. I would be shocked if NASCAR chose to do that in Indy because they've been talking about doing it in Nashville for three or four years now. Yeah, yeah. Brandon? But oh, if sorry. the fairgrounds comes in to play, then maybe maybe it does go over to Indy. Maybe there's something. Brandon, what do you think? Well, I mean, if, if Indy can run on a street course in Detroit, then NASCAR can run anywhere because Detroit roads aren't for shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I can, uh, uh, I can, I can buy into that. <laughs> we already talked about it a little bit, Sherwin, but playoffs, uh, you know, uh, nothing that Rusty likes to talk about more way too early in the season than playoffs I'm with you. And we, we have, uh, we said it before seven different winners. Everything is playing out to the PTM like perfection, uh, in terms of what we like to see here with, uh, with the number of, uh, of winners, uh, Denny Hamlin, uh, we, we already talked about no wins and, and still, you know, in first place. So he might have to, who knows? He might have to hold on to that to, uh, to make it happen as we've learned. But, um, uh, Brandon, we've talked about it a little bit. How, how cool is it to you? And it better be very cool, uh, that, uh, that we've had seven winners so far. I absolutely love it. And I love it even more that it's seven winners that we, you know, haven't necessarily anticipated. I talked about it on my show tonight that if you had said, hey, order the Penske drivers in terms of who's going to get their first wins and place a bet, I would have lost my ass because I would have <laughs> never picked Blaney, Logano, Kozlowski. It probably would have been the exact opposite way I would have picked that. Um, I mean, we got Ricky Stenhouse in the top 16. We got McDowell in the top 16. We got Dylan in the top 16. And I mean, and we're still talking about guys that haven't got to win. You know, uh, Ryan Newman, Daniel Suarez weren't far from getting a win on Monday. You know, we're, we're still hoping that Benedetto can pull off a win. We're still talking about Tyler Reddick maybe getting a win, you know, can, can Chip Ganassi get Ross Chastain and that crew back up. And then we got Briscoe and Almirola and SHR sitting 27th and 28th, which is abysmal. Like I, I know we, we, we've talked about it at length. The three of us are on the same page of the win in your in uh, vernacular being not an accurate statement, but a more of a probability statement. And, um, you know, as, as close as we can get to 16, or actually as close as we can get to 17 winners, I'm all about it. Right on. Sherwin? Yeah, I'm, I'm for that. I, I mean, I still think, I think we're probably looking at something like maybe maybe 15 is, is probably our, our cap. But even still, that makes things interesting because that means there are a whole bunch of guys that that man, you know, if we run between 16th and 20th, we got a chance to have a couple good races and get into the top 16. Well, guess what? I don't think there's going to be more than two cars point their way into this thing. Yeah. yeah. The way things if are going. If we get to Daytona with 13, 14 different winners, that makes that 26th race all that more interesting. Plus, you throw in the fact that it's a plate race at Daytona, where we're literally talking somebody possibly getting knocked out on points at Daytona. I mean, that's what NASCAR wants, right? I mean, that that's 
why they've mocked this up that way. And I get it, you know, and it just makes it just gives us all that many more talking points. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Gentlemen, let's gas it up. There it is. Martinsville. First thing to say, uh, there's a lot of hype around this. Modifieds returning to the track. Sherwin, how about that? Modifieds are really neat. Um, we got to see one of those races when we went to Martinsville, I believe. Um, it's something, you know, it's just something different. It gives those guys that, you know, that that series is very much a northeastern series. And it gives them a chance to come down and run an old south course that is perfectly suited for modifieds. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, modifieds will turn that into a multi-groove track because they have so much grip with those 15-inch tires, and they have a 1,000 horsepower to go with it. <laughs> and they weigh a 1,000 pounds less. Yes. You know what I love about Martinsville is, sure, when you said it in an old southern track, but you remember when we went, who was next to us? These two fellows from Pennsylvania and, and their folks. And we were like, whoa, Pennsylvania, how far did y'all travel? And they're like, I don't know, six seven hours and i'm like whoa that's exactly how much because you were living up in north carolina at that time and i was like that's how much i just drove that's interesting so it's a very middling place if you're talking about uh, you know kind of northeast uh or eastern corridor for uh for folks to to you know meet up at the tracks so it was it was cool to see that kind of different you know we me and you have not been showing up to the northeast yet we still want to go to pocono we were going to go this year uh, and all the what have you, <laughs> um, but uh, you know New Hampshire and uh, uh, Watkins Glen and um, you know all the all the all the rest of the places. So looking forward to all that, but still, um, yeah, interesting placement for Martinsville in that kind of mishmash of everybody going on there. Yeah, well, I don't think you've probably had a chance to listen to the podcast from last week where I was a guest with Brandon, but. Uh, he said he's committed to going to Pocono, so I am committed to going to Pocono. Well, uh, and that is the what twenty fifth through the twenty eighth, something like it's, that, Brian. Uh, last weekend of June, I June. Think. Yeah, June. last weekend of June. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, give me the dates. Uh, well, you just gave me the dates, but uh, let me go ahead and uh, you know put in a little request over at all over at the old work and see what I can do. Yes. Um, see where uh, see where we land on that, but uh, yeah, that's. Uh, that's that's so cool. Um, that'll be shoot. That'll be fun. That might be the first one <laughs> that I'm able to go to or whatever after all the all the deal is done. Um, but yeah, so going to Martinsville. If you missed the fact that we're going to a short track, you know, this week and and really wanted to see that pavement stuff. I, hey, we're going right back there. Uh, you know, this week the uh, I didn't. It hadn't been on the radar just because of how much hype that Bristol has gotten with the dirt track. And I feel like, uh, you know, looking up, all right, what's our next race? Oh, Martinsville. Oh, sweet. Like, it, it was it was an excitement. You know, I, I really like how they put the schedule together, going from Bristol Dirt straight to Martinsville. Well, I think, well, I think the, the really cool thing is, you know, because everybody's going to get Easter weekend off this this weekend, is that they, they made that the night race so that nobody's really going to have to miss any of the Masters. And I know they're despite what a lot of nascar fans think there is a lot of golf nascar crossover particularly with the masters mm -hmm. 
Now, I, on the other hand, will be in New Orleans in the French Quarter, so I don't know what I'll get to watch. <laughs> Thankfully, it'll all be on YouTube when I get home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, to be fair, it's it's next next week, I guess. So the uh, next the, race, not this weekend. Yeah, yeah. So just to make sure I'm I'm accurate on all this stuff. Uh, but yeah, um, Brandon, looking forward to it. Oh man, I'm telling you, Martinsville is is on the list for this year. Uh, the, the fall race, as is Bristol. Uh, I know you two have been there. I need to catch up with uh, you guys on those two, and, and I am desperately going to try to make those two tracks work later this summer, early fall, uh, as well as Pocono. I, I am pumped. I love Martinsville. Um, Martinsville and Darlington might be my two favorite races to watch on TV. Uh, just from a nostalgia perspective, I'm ready to go. And just like every other really cool racetrack, the camera doesn't do it justice. Um, I only live about an hour and a half from Greensboro, which is only about 65 miles from Martinsville. So look at plane flights to Greensboro. (laughs) Well, well, (laughs) sir. (laughs) I will come pick you up. Well, We we will bring my tent. I think, I think. Or I will buy a tent. I'll steal Rusty's. <laughs> there you go. I think we just solved the problem. It's hey, uh, there it is. Problem solving it's, on the PTM podcast. It's, ve- it's very close to me. It's it's probably, if I drove it straight, would be maybe about two and a half hours at the most. All right. Brandon, tell us about the, uh, the I don't know whether they call it a bet or commitment or whatever from last week. And, um, you know, the pizza joint, and we're doing the, the uh, donation and all that stuff. That was really cool. Well, all right. So my thing was, guys, uh, I'm fortunate, right? We we all are. We get to do a hobby uh, that we love and and all that kind of stuff. And every once in a while, I just get the urge to try to give back and and to to, uh, rally that same thought process and momentum. And I'm like, man, uh, how can we take advantage of a bunch of cup guys running a truck race on dirt, something new at Bristol, you know, how, how can there be, there, there is a charity thing centered around this and, and what is it? And, you know, I'm like, well, what if like a, a pledge donation, you know, on, on, on the honor system and just try to encourage people to make a pledge and to donate to whatever their favorite charity is. No need to single one out or anything like that. Just, Hey, if X happens, I'll donate Y to whatever charity. And, and uh, you know, Freddie is a good friend of mine. He's He's got a great cause with his autism charity, building sensory rooms in Metro Detroit. Uh, he's got a partnership with Yunker Motorsports, who everybody knows. I'm I've, I've good friends with Brad and all that. And so obviously that was my charity of choice. But uh just try to encourage people to have some fun with the race and, and to donate to their favorite cause in the first official truck charity challenge. And I didn't know what to expect. I didn't, I didn't know if anybody was, was going to hop on board or, or, or what. And to get over $1,500 pledged through a, a you know, amateur-based podcast with the help of, of, you know, people like you guys and all that, it was it was remarkable. I, I literally got goosebumps as, as tweets were coming in and all that. And, and Freddie texts me, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm trying to raise some money for you. <laughs> and uh, I was blown away. Uh, you know, his golf outing in uh, August, 
draws about thirty to forty thousand dollars. You know, so he basically got you know a, a what two percent of that. Uh, you know, over this past weekend. You know, so uh, just something that I was trying to have fun with. Just just something unique to try to to raise some money for for great causes, and I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, great call. And, uh, you know, we, we got to put a little bit of pride. You were like, all right, well, lap traffic will put something together. PTM will put something together. How about we get the president of NASCAR? And- right? <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that was uh, that was funny. I love that. <laughs> and he he volunteered. We didn't, like, you know, goad him into it. He's like, oh, hell, I'm in. If y'all are yeah. in, I'm in. Yeah. yeah. No, that's so cool. <laughs> So, uh, man, that uh, that's great. That's uh, that's good to hear. Well, we uh, uh, I'll give a a quick uh, recap. Uh, last week, sure, when you picked Brad Kozlowski, who finished eleventh, I picked Kyle Larson, trying to make up some room on the uh, on the fact that I've done horrifically on my picks this year, and he, of course, finished 29th, So I've got the curse going. And uh, Brent Dewar picked uh, Christopher Bell, who finished 34th. So if you thought there was some sort of fix going on with uh, former presidents of NASCAR, um, that one <laughs> did not happen. So Martinsville uh, in two weeks from now. We'll uh, we'll do some picks next week. But uh, uh, maybe, Brandon, you want to give us a preview who you're looking at? You don't have to tell us who yet. Uh, you know, we've, got, we've still got a week. But I'll, I'll, I'll tease it with the guy that won four stages on Monday. Okay. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll just take that at face value and everything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That's where, that's where I'm looking. Oh man. Well, it's been fun hanging out and everything. We're going to start closing this thing down. Uh, Brandon, since you're on, we'll give you a little, little plug here. Why don't you tell the folks where they can find you what's coming up? Well, well, thanks for letting me crash the party. I appreciate <laughs> it guys. Uh, you can follow on Twitter at lap traffic PC tonight's show. Uh, had Kevin, one of NASCAR's director of operations on, uh, who talked about the uh, Advance My Track Challenge. Grant Enfinger was on and got the uh, J-Ski bonus show coming up on Thursday with Dustin Albino. Sweet. Awesome. Well, Sherwin, close us out. What's going right. on? I got two things real quick before I start doing all the plugs. Um, one of them is uh, baseball starts on Thursday. Yes, sir. Yes. And I know Brandon's a huge baseball fan. Wearing my MV free shirt. The other Chip thing is Chase announced his uh, his Darlington throwback for May. It is a Hooters sponsored car that looks exactly like Alan Kowicki's from his championship season in 1992. That is awesome. Very neato. So you can find us at PETM Podcast. Uh oh, I missed the music. <laughs> or I didn't. At PTM Podcast on both uh, Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Pregame Engineer and you can find me at Andrew L. Sherwin on Instagram. He said it. PTMPodcast.com at PTM Podcast and search PTM for all your favorite or on your, all your favorite devices and whatnot and your iPhone 12s as it might turn out. So uh, good to talk to you all this week. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Thanks, Brandon, for hanging out for a little bit. We'll see you later. See you.